Hello and welcome to Menace to Sobriety. I'm your host, Daniel O'Reilly, a.k.a. Dapper Laughs. And welcome back to the podcast, the podcast that is your go-to listening or viewing um, podcast for people that are sober curious, trying to stay sober, thinking of going sober, or for just people in general that are trying to hear inspiring stories uh, to get them through their own life struggles. This is the place to come if, you, um, if you're feeling kind of alone and uh, worried about what's going on in your life, you know. I, I like to compare this podcast to Jeremy Kyle. You know what I mean? You just watch it to make yourself feel better. You're not the only nutter out there. We're all here. Um, apart from one person, actually, uh, Kirk Norcross. So I've got to do a little piece on this just to um, just to sort of answer. A few. I've seen loads of comments in my inboxes going, well, where's Kirk? Uh, because I did pitch him as the co-host to my podcast. But my beautiful friend Kirk Norcross has taken a little step back from the podcast and just purely for his own mental health. Um, as you know, he's been on his journey um, and some of the podcasts and some of the comments and everything like that can bring up a lot of stuff, some old trauma for, for Kirk. And I'm Unfortunately, from him doing the podcast, he's had a lot of people reach out to him in a positive way. Um, and it's just kind of been a bit much for him. So he's asked to step back from it. But look, stop with the rumours. People are like, oh, my God, what have you done to Kirk? Have you killed him? And all this jazz. Me and him are best buddies. ADHD nutcases. And we still talk to each other on a daily basis. Um, so don't worry about that. He's still my dear friend and he may be back soon. Right, we're going to get into this podcast now. There may be, uh, it may be good for me to put a little trigger warning in here. We're going to cover a lot of, um, a lot of, a lot of things. And this lady reached out to us, and this is the beautiful thing about this podcast. Now, I've kind of let it go in its own orga- organic direction. I haven't tried to steer it towards, you know, professionals or celebrities or whatever. In fact. The beautiful thing about this podcast is it's inspired many people to reach out to me um, and and sort of say, I'm ready to share my story and I believe it can help other people. And uh, one of those ladies um, is our next guest today. She's got a, 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 an inspiring story, um, a tough story to listen to. So put your seatbelts on, pull the handbrake up and... Um, yeah, let's have a chat. This is all about sharing, sharing what we've been through to help others out there. So without further ado, I'm going to welcome to the stage, How are Ramadan. Hello, Dan. <laughs> yeah, I love your name, Thank first you. of all. Yeah, we had we, we had a chat about that before. Yeah. Um, lovely name and... Um, but more importantly, um, thank you for reaching out, man. Yeah. Uh, how are you? Yeah. I've never heard the name. It's Arabic. Is yeah. it? Yeah. Oh, all right. Is it a popular name? No. Uh, no. I, I don't think I'm the only how about. I've never. my area anyway. Yeah, I've never heard it before, but welcome. Um, but yeah, listen, uh, you know, loads of people have, have, have contacted us with, with um, harrowing stories and and. St- just and the way that I look at this is I kind of just you know say to the producer and everything look let's just let's get people on the podcast that have got something to share that that might help but tell me why did you want to come on um I've been through a lot of trauma and um and that's but I think that's what influenced my addiction um um my story I think could really help others yeah um I'm like I've been trying and battling for it for years, addiction. I've been battling addiction for years yeah. now and literally like like numerous psychiatric wards, like suicide attempts, yeah. like it's just been, my whole life has been chaos since I started, pick, picked up my first drink at 13. Um, so 
I just want people to hear my story. And even though I'm still going through it myself and I relapse here and there, and yeah. I, I, I do, I have periods of time where I go through look like two and a half years of sobriety, 10 months, 10 mm. months, six months, but then I always end up going back to it. But I hope this time I can crack it. Yeah, first of all, mm. let's take I'm a deep breath. I'm so manic and erratic. No, it's, <laughs> not, it's nice. I just want you to be relaxed. Yeah. So take a deep breath. Yeah. And let's, right. I, 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 I really appreciate that your story, like like anyone that comes on here and shares their story, may evoke some emotions in you. So yeah. you just feel free to discuss what you want and what you don't want. But ultimately, the beautiful thing about what you just said is is you're here to share because you think it might help. And actually, before we get started, that it, you know, I've spoken to many people that have come on here that have, yeah. that have beaten their addiction. Yeah. Uh, you know, they're ten years sober. I've spoken to professionals. I've spoken, but the, the, there's many many people that. That, and I always try and think of all the different people that are listening yeah. and what I can give them, you know, different people in different stages. So coming in and out and relapsing and being right in the mix of it yeah. is tough. Yeah, and, I, yeah. and I really appreciate that there's probably people that are, um, uh, are watching that are in that very same situation. So that's why I thought it'd be great to have you here. Yeah. Right. <laughs> that's all right. Listen, you're going to do great. So um, right, let's, let's start. Tell me about your life. What, Tell me about your life. Where did it all start? Um, I had a very traumatic childhood. Um, I was sexually abused by my grandfather from the age of eight to eleven. Um, I um, come out of it. I told like family uh, when, I, when I was about sixteen, hmm. and I wasn't believed. Fifteen, sixteen. Um, so, I uh, yeah, I, st I was literally going around in chaos for years. Um, I, he didn't get arrested till I was 23. When wow. I was 23, he was arrested. Um, he's now he he went to prison. He got 18 years, and he but he died three months into his sentence. Wow. But yeah, I, that's how it's that's that's what I think triggered my addiction. Mm. That and then because I started drinking at 13. But yeah, eight to 11, I was going through sex, like horrendous sexual abuse, um, uh, like lots of it. And then when I was 12. My father uh, died of an aneurysm in front of me. Oh my he, God. Um, yeah, he was in, my mum and dad weren't like, they were splitting up at the time. So he was sleeping in my brother's bed. And I could hear my mum screaming at five in the morning. And so I've got out of bed and gone into my brother's room and my mum's resuscitating my father on the floor. Um, and How old were you then, sorry? I was 12. And then his body, because he was Muslim and he wanted to be buried in his country, his body was sent back to Libya and I, I never went to his funeral. I don't know. I don't even know to this day where he's buried. Mm. Wow, sorry. It's so yeah. yeah, I'm so sorry that your childhood was like that. And I mean I mean yeah, I mean I I'm, I can't talk on I, I can't advise or talk on, you know, what you've been through, but you believe that obviously through your trauma uh, can you remember the first time that you had a drink then? Yeah, it was, God, uh, fucking hell, it was white lightning. And I <laughs> can remember, I can remember just necking, I think it was a three litre, and literally just being, I couldn't even walk. Well, well, where was you? Was it was it a party or was you out of I your friend? How old were you? 13. I was just out, I think I was out of like three friends and we was just going down like, like, the, like the hills of, um, down Westgate and like, we just started drinking it. White lightning and something else. I can remember white lightning. It was the big oh, bottles. Big I used to get, bottle. yeah, it's only £3.50 yeah. for a big one. Yeah, we used to yeah. do death lugs where we'd drink it and spin around. Yeah. But it was strong I and know. tasty. A dangerous drink that yeah. was. Yeah. yeah. So that's where it all started. Um, 
And I've literally, from the day I picked up that very first drink, I, I've never been a sophisticated like drinker, like one or two for the taste. I, I fucking hate the taste of drink. Yeah. I think it's disgusting. I don't like, even WKD, like, that's mm. meant to be like the nicer tasting stuff. Yeah. No, I'm not, I've literally done it to literally... Cause Escape. It, yeah, I was blocking out something so horrific. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, it just spiralled and spiralled and spiralled. Um, I basically, where I was going through like stuff in my head with the abuse and stuff and losing my dad I'd get drunk and I'd be the most disgusting like person like vi- I'm not I'm not proud of it but yeah. violent you know, it upsets me because when I'm sober I wouldn't harm a fly yeah. but you put a drink in me I'm a totally different person well you're full of rage probably yeah I was yeah. full of rage I still am now like I'm trying to fight it still now um, but I was literally like yeah and then with the drinking came like drugs didn't come weren't a problem then it was just drink for years and years and years and years yeah um and then my mental health started to play i was going to in and out of prison holloway bronzefield for what for violence violence yeah like just being drunk and like getting into fights and stuff so i went into prison about 17 times in total jesus i know in and out in and out in and out and then I was like, and I, I'd go to prison and I'd be sitting in a cell. And it's because I'd offended when I was drunk. When I was sat in a cell sober, I was like, what the fuck am I doing in here? Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, so then when I was in Holloway, my behaviour was a bit erratic. And they diagnosed me bipolar. Right. Um, um, come out of Holloway, started working with the mental health team. Um, and then, yeah, and then I was diagnosed with EUPD and PTSD. Mm. But it got worse and it, it's got worse over the years like um yeah in that with the psychiatric commissions literally i was in a pd unit personality disorder unit i tried to take my life five times in six months oh, fuck. um overdoses um two of them going on ventilators being in comas um and then i literally um I went, they, because I was so like risk, high risk to myself and others, they put me in a personality disorder unit for 17 months. Um, on, they kept renewing my section three. So every time my six months was up, they renew it, renew it. And I got out, I was two and a half years sober. And then, yeah, it's just been, my, like, I can't even go in order because it's just, it's just so chaotic. Like, yeah, it sounds crazy. Yeah. 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 What I've witnessed in addiction is, has been horrific as well. Like, Without that trauma went through as a child, I believe addiction is trauma because what you witness and what you go through in addiction is like it is horrific. Um, I can remember one instance. Um, it's a couple of years ago with my ex-partner, and we'd gone out and um, we, we we had no money. We ended up stuck at the train station, and he overdosed on tramadol in my arms, and there was no one about. My phone was off, and he went into a coma, and the. Basically, the heat, I mean, my mum got off it. Basically, he collapsed in my arms. I'm screaming, I had no phone. But in the end, these track men come out. Now, people say, why didn't I ring the police? Because he was on licence, I think it was licence or something at the time. I didn't want to get him in trouble. I thought, because at the time, I thought, he's just drunk. Yeah, yeah. And then what happened was, um, yeah, yeah, my mum picked us up. He went into a coma for 10 days. I think it was 10 days. And the next minute, Facebook went mad in my area because my area's like quite, quite a small yeah, little town. And they blamed you? Blamed me, saying I beat him up. And yeah. then he, he came out of a coma and said that it weren't, he wasn't beaten up and that. My mum's car got seized. Oh. I, I got arrested. So he didn't, he survived it? Didn't yeah, he survived okay. it, yeah. Oh my God, I thought, yeah. Yeah. <sighs> Man. But yeah, like the things, the, like the fighting, like everything, like... The things you see in addiction make me cry. It's like, yeah. like it can literally like give you nightmares. Like it does. It's it, and it's heartbreaking. 
What and what made you want to come and talk about it? Really, is it? Did you did you just want to show this side of 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 what addiction is? And I think I think a massive part of, of your story, obviously, is what happened when you were a child. Yeah, and. I, I I think it might be a good opportunity for us to use this to you use this for you to say a few words for anyone else out there that might have gone through that because yeah. it must be difficult for you to advise people on that when you wasn't believed straight away yeah. you know because obviously what would you say to anyone that's experienced that or that maybe is holding on to that or not letting it out? Well, the thing is, that's why you don't speak up because it's shame, guilt, not being believed, and yeah. stuff like that. My advice for people like sexual, like any like any sort of abuse survivors is they need to speak up because I kept it in for like it stopped when I was eleven and I didn't really come out of it till I was fifteen, sixteen. So for them years I was keeping it to myself and I think that that that, that was building up and up, yeah. and up and I think that's where all the rage come from and they're not they're on top not being believed. Well, it's stress, isn't it? It's yeah. like it's I mean it's overwhelming. Yeah, the stress and fucking. And your mind, it's just... I feel like you're going fucking insane. Like, you're just, like, I could stand on the edge of a cliff, like, fucking hell. Like, it's like... Yeah, I can imagine. You know, and sexual abuse is something... Any abuse, I'm not going to put one worse than the other. All trauma is, mm. is equally as bad as each other. But with... You need to speak out. You can't yeah. keep that sort of stuff in because it ends up ruining your life, you know? Mm. And why should the person that done that to you or people or whoever yeah. have done it to you, why should they get away with that? You know, I've, I mean, I've got to be careful what I say because you know it's not my place to say too much. But our family has been affected by that as well, and um, exactly the same thing that enabled this sort of behaviour to continue was people not believing. Yeah, uh, and which was def very difficult for the people in my family that were victims of it. Yeah, um, but I can't. I, you know, it's not my place to just. You know, it's a bit. I wasn't even going to say anything, but I just wanted to. To yeah. sort of say, I can kind of empathise a little bit with 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 that side of it uh, and how that affects people that talk and are not believed. Yeah, I think it's I think it's it's traumatic in itself, isn't it? Uh, because it's your family, you feel like you're destroying. I can imagine. Yeah, yeah, and I think the thing is, like, you, it's really fucked up as well because. I still love my granddad. Like what he put, what he put me through, and I think that he's made me this person, like that's evil when I'm under the influence. And it, and it, I would have been a, I think I would have had a totally different life, but I still love him. Sexual abuse is so comp complex; it's unbelievable. Yeah. But some people they hate him. Some, some people they, and it's you know, but like it wasn't just. I think the the not being believed in this way was just as bad as the sex That's, abuse. I didn't I didn't want to say that because yeah. I can't. It's not my place yeah. to say that. It's yeah. and also how 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 are yeah. <laughs> <laughs> also how it's such a tricky subject for me because I've been vilified in in the in the press uh, for making inappropriate jokes yeah. around uh, about this stuff. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Because I'm a comedian and also I'm a knobhead. Yeah. Right. But um, and it was difficult. Very difficult for me. You know, I made jokes about things, and when that was blown up in the press, it was difficult for my family because my family's been affected by it, yeah. right? So I had to double check with myself whether or not to do this podcast. Yeah. But then I thought it's not about me. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's about it's you know you've reached out and it's about how your story can can help others. And we briefly touched on it outside about how oh, I don't I don't want to say all, but I, I'm pretty sure the percentage is up there, fucking eighty percent plus that. 
addiction comes from childhood trauma. Yeah, I, be- I truly believe that. Well, you know, when I was in prison, a lot of women that are in the prison have been abused, you know, mm. um, and a lot, uh, I've been in a lot, of, a lot of psychiatric admissions, I think 28 times I've been in sections, and um, a lot of that is abuse and what's mm. gone on in, in people's lives. And I think what's hard as well is the link between adi- like addiction and um, mental health. I, addiction is mental health because yeah. if you was normal, you wouldn't be addicted to. Nah, no, like it's so it, like so. My mum says to me, she's like, "How like how could you go out, end up fighting, end up in a prison cell, and come out and start drinking like police cell? Like that, that's not yeah, normal yeah. What's behavior. wrong with you? Yeah. yeah, but but I know exactly what you're trying to say here, and I yeah. think it's something that. Other other people have, have have tried to push is the link between alcohol and drug abuse, substance abuse, yeah. and mental health problems. Yeah. You know, I thought I was bipolar. Yeah. Um, I, I very I don't know, but I mean, uh, uh because of my fucking mood swings. Yeah. And my like I would have rages and yeah. stuff like that. Uh, but I mean, once I cut out the alcohol and the like now I'm like can't. I mean, don't get me wrong, I still fucking I would get cut up or saying, can I want to chin someone? But yeah. Not uh, not like randomly in the morning, just being like, ah, my fucking yeah. life. But um, there definitely needs to be like you know, if at, you know that when these things are spoken about, when you reach out, or if there's been you know like as parents maybe. Maybe as pa- maybe the key here is that as parents, we need to be educated more on if if we put our children for, or if our children are going through something. You know, like my mum and dad, they they had a divorce. They had a uh, uh, you know a, a horrible divorce. Yeah. You know, my old man done things wrong. Um, yeah. Obviously affected me. But if they if they had not if they had you know they're st- they were still people like me. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. They're my age. Do you know yeah. what I mean? So we've got to look at our parents and our families. I think and look at them and be like, that's just us. Do you know yeah. what I mean? It, it's not their you know our, our immediate parents. But the point I'm trying to get to around the houses is if we can anticipate that kids that go through trauma are going to be susceptible to addiction. Yeah. Then we, you can work on it at an early age. You know, yeah. it's saying to them like, look, because essentially. I th- I, and I, I, through the little bit of research that I've done and the books that I've read and the people that I've spoken to um, through trying to find out more about my ADHD and things like that is the link really is through, you know, if you if you have to take yourself out of a situation like you must have had to do through your trauma yeah. uh, as a child yeah. and you, you detach from reality and take yourself out of it. Yeah. Or like for me, when things were bad with my mum and dad, if you have to take yourself out of it and you escape in your mind as a child and that's the way you comfort yourself from yeah. detaching from reality. Yeah. In later on in life, how do you detach from reality? You Drink and drugs. Yeah, yeah. And the thing is, what, what, what at the beginning... It worked. It blocked it out. Now I do drink and drugs, sniff, and it brings it up. Yeah. And like, so I can drink now, and bang, I'm just think. I think about what's happened. Whereas before, it blocked it out, and that's how I know it's become a problem. That's crazy how it's gone from. Yeah. It's gone from your way to cope to bringing it up. Yeah. So talk to me through. Talk talk to me about what 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 help were you offered, and what worked, and what didn't work, because yeah. I can see straight away you're like. Talk, talk to me I've through that. I've got to be very careful what I say, and I've got to be very grateful in some senses. Um, currently, I, I have a team called Avondale who work in the community. They 
they have 16 hours of mental health care a week. They're amazing. In fact, I don't think I'd be alive without them. So I see them for a couple of hours a day. They help me like emotionally and uh, like socially, like, social stuff and stuff. Um, but over the years, um, I've only just started therapy literally six weeks ago. And, wow. I was, and, my, and so since the age of 18, being under the mental health team, I've literally only just started therapy. That's men, that's I shouldn't, probably shouldn't say that's mental because <laughs> we're both nuts but no but you've got to be careful what you say people would be like do not say that's mental to yeah but um, but that is like for me for me like the one thing that that that, that always leveled me out was was my counselling yeah. was was talking and seeking seeking help so even all that so all, all them years ago when you when you spoke out about that i mean obviously you said you initially you weren't believed yeah when you were believed and then it turned into a criminal yeah, situation yeah. Yeah. what help were you offered then do you know what i i've been under the mental health team since i was 18 but it's just been medication and that's i've got to be careful what i say yeah it's just and the thing is, where I'm an addict as well as... Uh, the medication's f the worst thing for you, Yeah, right? yeah. Well, I don't know. I shouldn't say that. But. I don't even take it when, I'm, when I relapse because it, it's, it's pointless. But with addiction, and you're passed from... like So the mental health team would go, well, if she stops drinking and doing drugs, then she'll be all right. But then, then the alcohol team would go, well, no, you, she's got to work on her mental health because that's what's making her do the drinking drugs. And my mum has gone round in circle for years bringing crisis teams and mental health teams. And like, I remember another time I was sober and um, I had a row with another one, another one of my ex-partners. And... Uh, I got in my car, this is before I lost my licence, and I got in my car and I drove myself 80 miles an hour into a bridge. And I, I woke up and uh, the police were there and the first thing they'd done was swab my mouth for drugs and check, and, and, and there was no, like, there was nothing in me, I was sober. Um, I got sectioned, I got taken up um, the local um, hospital <clears throat> and um, then they sent me to an, a, a, like, an, a, like, an assessment suite and I went, she doesn't fit the criteria. I just tried to kill myself. Like, and I don't want sympathy for it, but this is what people are going through out there. Like, I've got so many friends and like, I know so many people who are getting let down by the mental health system. What do you mean that they said you didn't meet what criteria? For what? Um, to be sections. Just driving yourself into a bridge at yeah. 80 miles an hour? Yeah. Ain't the, well, what is the fucking criteria then? I know, I know. And my mum wrote complaint after complaint. So what was, So what happened? They just said, go on, you'll yeah, be I all went, right. I went home. I, this happened on a number of occasions. Another time I took another over, I took an uh, overdose and then I went into a ward and I was assessed by a psychiatrist and we got into an argument and they basically kicked me out and pulled, like, five women nurses pulled me outside mm. and left me outside. I got in a taxi home when I took another overdose and I was back again the next day. And this, has been, this has been what's going on for like years and years and years. But then I'm, in the same sense, they did fund me to go to a PD unit for 17 months, which was a lot of money. Um, and I have been given the opportunity to go to rehab. Mm. Um, but it's been hard getting there to get in the, to oh get those God, opportunities. Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, it's taken like multiple suicide attempts and like years and years of just going around in madness. Like, yeah. That's John, mate. Like, listen from from an outsider's perspective, in both like the conversation and because you're. Um, Maybe you know you, you're you're not an addict, right? Mm. Uh, you know, John's our producer here. Yeah. Uh, me and him are like really good pals, and we work. He, and he's actually uh, been a producer since the beginning of the p first podcast, so he's learned a lot about this along the way. Okay. But he's um, 
he's never really been tied up in active addiction, have you? No. But, but what, what is your take on this, just from an outsider's perspective, looking in on sure. that's well, struggling and, and what's there to help? Yeah, I mean, well, first of all, thank you so much for like sharing your story. I mean, it's yeah. been kind of really almost like illuminating and the, the fact that you're you know, you're working so hard to, you know, you're struggling against so much, but you're also like determined to like work hard and like try and make the best, you know, scenario for yourself as possible. That's really, uh, you know, that's really inspiring. Um, like I, I, I did have, I wouldn't say to the same degree, but I had my own kind of mental health issues uh, a couple of years ago and trying to get help in the NHS at that almost was as maddening yeah. like it was it was su super tough not to you know n not the system i'm sure it's helped you know loads of people but it wasn't easy to try and get help mm -hmm. i ended up having to just do uh, do that myself um but yeah i mean it, it it what's really resonating as well is your experiences uh with how you know the traumatic experiences you've had in your childhood mm. that that does seem to be the pattern that leads yeah. to that and it's kind of damn what you're saying is how do we how do we, if we know that traumatic experiences lead to addiction, what can we do to help yeah. people before they start, you know, mm. like, like, let's say we know a, a child or a young person has suffered abuse. What is the safeguarding to stop that spiral? Because I don't know what the answer is to that, but that is a really poignant question yeah. that you asked. Mm. I, I don't know. Yeah, no, I'd see, I just wanted to see what, and he's thinking exactly the same yeah. thing as me, but look, how, how, um, how do, what would you, you know, Anyone out there now that's like, I mean, this is why I think that, you know, suicide in, in men is 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 so big as well, yeah. because I believe it's like it's 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 because of our egos and that's even it's even more yeah. difficult to reach out for help. But I mean, uh, from my own experience, I've got I've gone uh, many years ago before I even thought I had a problem. Yeah. I'd go and sit. I'd sat. I'd sat. I've been in the hospital. I went to the hospital. Uh, where I was beside myself, I, on, like after a heavy weekend or whatever, and like I, and just fucking like what I can only describe as like the come down from hell. But yeah. it was going on for days, yeah. and then I was like couldn't stop crying and everything. And then I'd sat, I'd gone to the hospital like panicking and shaking and out of breath, you know, having a panic attack, yeah. right? And then crying. And you, you, I, I presume you've been in that state yeah, before. Yeah. You're like, what the fuck am I going to yeah, do? Like, yeah, how do I stop this? Right? Horrific. It's horrific, right? And I've been in there, and they've sat me down, and they've spoken to me, asked me how much I drink, yeah. and asked me if I do drugs now. Obviously, I didn't, I didn't speak about drugs because I was. I was educated on the implications that can have on when you go for like life insurance and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, I was nervous about that. But even I, I was I was literally given a, a a leaflet and said, "There's some numbers on there that you can call. I'll see you later." So I'd got to the point in my life where I, you know, and I'd gone to the doctors as well. Where I'd gone to my point, and I felt oh, I'm falling apart. Yeah. Well, I'm ready to ask for help, yeah. and then be and then and then walked away, gone. Well, what was the fucking, fucking point, point of that? Yeah. What was the point of that? I know. And there's nothing worse than that because that can push you even closer to the edge, right? I know. I know. And it, it happens all the time. And then, um, like, sometimes you, because I've had it over the years, I thought, am I actually losing it, or is this is this in my head? You know. And so then you go and seek help, and then like, oh, I go away, and you think, I'm, and then you, it makes you even madder because well, not like, but you think, what? what, well, what it must I be in my head. Like, what? Do I, yeah. What do I do? Yeah. Some, sometimes we just need someone to like take care of us. And, yeah. Exactly. Like, and it, that's almost, especially as a guy as well. You don't even want to say it, but like, yeah. Sometimes you just you just need help, and if the infrastructure isn't there, yeah. Because it's tricky as well, because a lot of the you know psychological stuff, it's still a relatively new like field as well. Yeah. Like, we don't know really how emotions and consciousness and everything 
fully works. We, we we haven't fixed it yet, but we're I guess we're working on it. Yeah, mm. I think I think a big thing for me uh, for me t- about addiction as well, and uh, and I'll probably split hairs on this, and I'll probably get some negative feedback on this, and we'll carry on with your story in a sec. Yeah, it's fine. Yeah, yeah. Um, is addiction to me is the ma- one of the main things is a form of uh, escapism from life, yeah. right? And it's like fuck this, I'm going to do that so yeah. I feel that and yeah. I don't feel this. 100%. And escapism. Now, rehab and mm. stuff like that is kind of like, it's like another form of like escapism. Like you yeah. go, uh, maybe if I get to rehab and I get in there, then I can es- I'm away yeah. from my life. And, and th- th- there's a certain appeal to that to some people. Uh, but what I, what I wish that I could work out or find is a way that people that can't afford rehab because of their work or people that can't just can't escape their life because of kids because of work because of responsibilities that are fucking at their wits end they're losing their fucking mind they know that they're in active addiction what can they do now yeah well i think i i i I, it's i think it's all about support and i think if like there was more help out there and like more more like a lot there was a lot of podcasts and stuff but if there was a lot more there's not enough help out there these days, I don't think. Mm. And I, I, I really think that, like with 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 like with like rehab, you know, people can't afford it. And that I, I'm lucky that I got funded. Um, but I think there needs to be start day cent more day centres. You mm. know, that they can go to in the day. Not like because some people can't give up their lives for six months, three to six yeah. months. And and I feel, I feel like counselling for me. Like, is there places? Is there free counselling places for people where they can walk in and just get some counselling? You can. So I think you can go for your doctor and stuff. But it's like eight sessions, and they say that you you are you only really open up after your eight sessions. So mm. you don't to actually get long term therapy, which is what you need for something like you trauma do. and that. It is hard. It's yeah. really, really hard, and it's expensive as well. Yeah, and it's yeah. expensive. Yeah, yeah. My, my, mine's fifty pound a week, man. Yeah, fifty pound a week, and um, but then my my way of thinking of it is how much I used to spend on cocaine. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? You know what I mean? And my missus can't say, "I'm like, look, it's like like with the hobnobs." I'm like, look, <laughs> I'm gonna have a bag of hobnobs, babe, instead of a bag of gear. It's the same with the counselling. Um, so. Keep talking to me. So, where where are you at now? What are the positive? What what right? What um, are the positive? What are the positives? And also, yeah. and also, a big one for me is, I just want you to have a little chat now, and you know, talk away, talk talk about how you're using what's happened to you in a positive way. What's next for you in your life? Yeah. Um. How you how you're managing to keep your mind straight and yeah. keep positive? Yeah. And again, touching on what happened to you in the past, you know, any anything you can give to the listeners out there? Yeah. So at the moment, like a couple of months ago, I was relapsing back out there in the madness, and then I thought I can't do this. Um, I'm I'm going back to uni in October. I'm halfway through a forensic psychology degree. I've got three years left. Um, I'm going to start doing one day a week on an with the NHS on a forensic psychiatric ward. Um, I'm also I've literally just got myself a sponsor with AA. Mm. I've been going back to meetings. Um, My and like my. My my advice, like not my advice, I don't want to sound like I can advise people. Yeah. But like my from your experience, from my experience, like addiction takes you to places like so. Like 
if you was so if you was going to touch a light, if you touched a fire once and it burnt you, you're not going to go and do it again. That's the madness of addiction. That's where it takes you to, like mm. because every time you get scorned and every time something more severe or worse happens. Yeah. Um, so, I, I think like kids as well, teenagers especially growing up now, when it, you start when you start dabbling and stuff, like, like. They need to hear more. Like they need to hear. They need to be more educated on addiction because addiction's everywhere now, you know. And I think the best advice—not advice—but what I'd like to say is like anyone that's been through anything like serious, serious. The best thing you can do is speak. And I think the best thing you can do is have the right support around you. And chat on it. I'm not very good at this myself. I sound patronising, but I, when I fall into addiction, I mix with the right, wrong crowds. Yeah. And when I get sober again, I'm like, do you know what I mean? Mm. But you need to build a good support network around you. I think you need to have good, like, a good routine and structure mm. to your day because boredom can be a massive one for some addicts. You know, so like good routine and structure. I think... Try and educate yourself a bit on it. Watch different, listen to different podcasts, read books, you know. Mm. Because the more you understand about it, the more it helps. Because even I, sometimes I think, what the fuck, I don't understand this. Yeah. Some days I think I do understand it. And it's like you said earlier, it's it's a case where it, it really is like, it's, it's just horrific. Mm. And it gets you to that point, you know, and I, this is about going back to speaking out, like, if you think you've got a problem and you're doing it too much, speak out as soon as you can because mm. it does honestly get worse over time. And, 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 you know, from my own experience, like, and I only, I believe if you carry on doing drugs and alcohol and your life is so chaotic, it either ends up in jail or death. That's the truth of it. I'm so proud of you, man. Because, Thank you. Because you, I, when I first saw you outside, when I walked up to speak to you, I could tell that you were like nervous. She nervous, was yeah. yeah. And it's and it's mental, isn't it? If, well, again, I probably shouldn't say that, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's it's. Um, it's, mind you, saying that, I saw a, I saw a politician on the TV on Channel Four News yesterday. I think it was the day before when he was talking about homelessness, and he was like. What did he say? He said oh, something like um, crackheads. He said, yeah, most of them are crackheads. And I was like, man, do you know what I mean? Yeah. That's a PC term now. Yeah, I, do you know what I mean? But um, no, I'm, I'm so proud of you because, look, I can see that you're... That one thing that we struggle with um, when we talk about this stuff, and I can see you're struggling with, I don't really have any right to be here on this podcast because no. I'm not a professional. No, no. Right? Yeah. And, and I can see you're struggling yeah, with that. Yeah. And I struggle with that every time. And I've yeah. got to remind myself, I'm not here to... I'm not here and you're not here to like tell people how to do things. The whole premise of this podcast and, and where I think it's evolved into organically and got to and where I wanted it to get to yeah. is, is, is a place where people can just talk about their experience. And through your experience, you have knowledge, right? Yeah. And the idea, the idea of this and, and, uh, and the thought behind it, uh, you know, even coming up here on the way up here, I was like, you know, this is such a, such a tough one for me to navigate, to talk about. Yeah. But the idea behind this really is that Someone like you, yeah. or or the younger version of you, yeah. like five years, you five years ago, or you ten years ago, yeah. is sat watching this, yeah. looking at you, yeah. and through you being here talking about it, yeah. the older version of them is is talking to them, going, look, listen, speak out now, yeah. talk about your addictions. If anything's going wrong, if there's any trauma in your life or something bad's happening to you, speak out. And that younger version of you, how old are you? 
34. Oh, really? Yeah. You look good, yeah. Thank you. you. Look at your fellas in here as well, innit? He's <laughs> like, easy. Easy. She's my nutcase. <laughs> no, you're not allowed to say that. Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> There's a lot of them out there anyway. It's fine. No, um, no, I love you, man. I, and I think, I think, I think, uh, I, I just loved, I, I love that you're so open to discuss it because there is, there is a younger version of you out there, man, woman, whatever, that's yeah. probably listening or watching this going, yeah, I'm ready to have a chat about that, or yeah, I want to, I want to make a change. And what, how, what, how do you see your future? Do you know what? Like, if I manage to nail this shit, I can see me thriving and going really far. See, that's great. But if I go back to that, I'm going to be dead in a few years. That's that, and that's the reality. That's the harsh reality. Yeah, and you want to do what was it called? Crime. Forensics, like um, it's a, I'm a, fr- a forensic psychologist. I want to work in. On my ideal goal would be working Broadmoor. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. Yeah, that's that'll like be it. that's that that uh, and work with the the, the the criminally insane. Yeah, yeah. That's amazing. Yeah, that that's amazing. Mm. Why why are we drawn to doing things that help people or? When we go through, you know, when we go through this, we're drawn drawn to trying to help other people, aren't we? Yeah, but that is no good at helping ourselves, though. Yeah, when you've experienced the suffering, you just don't want it for anybody else. You just want to stop other people having the same thing. I believe that. I I believe that, John. I really do. And the funny, (laughs) my missus would love to do that. She loves like the crime documentaries and that. Yeah, I feel like she's got like a notepad there, and she's like, (laughs) "Yeah, but okay, so don't bury them. They'll find them and stuff like that." I'm like, (laughs) poison the hobnobs. Yeah. Oh yeah, mate. Jesus, <laughs> she'd get me. Um, anything else you want to add before we finish? Can I read a poem? Oh my god, yeah. I write poems, and I'm I'm, well, I'm currently writing my autobiography as well. Um, wow. I'm nearly finished, but yeah, I write a lot of poetry, especially when I'm down. I might start. I might start a bit because I'm a bit nervous. That's okay. That's, That's okay. I love that. Anything creative-wise, I mean, I'm 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 a bit different. I mean, like I told you the joke, the video I've been making before we come here. <laughs> so I, I like to create through comedy, but I get it. It's a great way to express it yourself. It is, and I, I can only really do it when I'm when I'm really down. I'll try and get the right bit. That's um. What's it called? I haven't put a name for it yet. I'm terrible for naming them. I just write them a lot, a lot of them, like a lot of, most of them are really depressing actually. So Yeah, these podcasts are, don't worry about it. Yeah. People love it. It's like Jeremy Carl. I know. People it's love terrible. it. terrible. But I put, um, you literally terrify me and awaken me from my sleep. But yet again, I'm back in the chaos and hit that button on repeat. I feel as if I'm trapped and here come the suicide thoughts because through all of the madness, you thought I would have self-taught. Addiction is one thing only, and that is pure trauma. Government say it like it's not poison, no, no one will warn you. Constant flashbacks to psych ward cells and hospital rooms. PTSD is triggered, feel like my life is doomed. I cannot express the constant fear in my head from the minute I awake to the minute I go to bed. And with every relapse becomes more anger and, anger and guilt. Strips me every time of that armour of growth that I've built. Every time I go back out there, it's like holding an AK to my own brain, back round in a rapid spiral of self-destructive chaos, literally going insane. When I make it to 40, it's very hard to see. Addiction is ugly and spreads like a disease. It manifests in my brain, anchored like a ball in a chain. There is no medication to stop this disease, and with every relapse, I fall harder to my knees. You're like Satan, you ruin and kill everything in you touch. Never ever felt mental pain like this every time I pick up and self-destruct. And the shame and guilt and anger that comes with every lapse triggers horrific memories and makes it harder to relax. 
But one thing I'll do is never give up the fight. The fright of you that keeps me awake at night. I will fight you till my very last breath because I'd rather fight you than gamble with death. All you have done is made me fall to my feet, stripped me of, a, of everything, and gave me ang- left me with anxiety as a receipt. Oh, wow. Wow. Powerful stuff. Man, you're, you're, you're a woman of my own heart. Oh, thank you. You really are. You really are. And do you know what that tells me? What what that tells? Because listen, this is your what you do. I do. This is what I do. I'm like, I I need to get this out. I need to either do this podcast or I need to film this this video, and I need to tell the world how I feel. Yeah. And that poem for you is you going. I need to get this out. I need to release. So you've you've realised that letting it out helps, right? Yeah, it does. It really does. And. yeah, I'm just so proud of you. That's brilliant. Thank That's you. That's brilliant. Keep sharing. Keep yeah. sharing your stuff. And this could be this could be the start of a beautiful thing for you. You know, you you, you know, you're, you're here. You've done that. You're ready to share. Yeah. You know, just yeah. Keep stay confident. And I've got, yeah. I, I'm, I I I think I think you know you've got a bright future, man. Thank you. And the pure fact that you reached out to us to come on here to discuss this, and yeah, I was blown away, man. I, mm. I love things like that. Oh, what, what what um, I'm going to finish this up. Yeah. Um, but just because we've talked, t- oh, oh, I, I want you to take pictures of the poem as well and send it to me so I can type it up and of put course. it. I want to put it in some of the captions, yeah? Okay, thank you. Maybe you can start like m- making music, man. I'd love to do that. Do you know could, what? I wrote, I, I wrote to a few. Did you have you put it to a beat yet? No, no. John, get a beat on. <laughs> <laughs> I, just, I have sent them to a few stars, but I never got anything back. So yeah. yeah. Well, they like to, you know, they're probably a bit like Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> no, but listen, I, I firmly believe creativity for me is the key. Yeah. Right. So if writing poetry is your way of expressing yourself and creativity then just fucking write a book of poetry, man. Yeah. Just keep, whenever you feel down, anxious, that's what I do. I, I write, I write my comedy when I feel down, anxious, you know, and it get, it makes you feel like you've got something to give, right? 100%. It's the most yeah. human thing to want to express yourself and express your pain and try and process it and get out there and share it and to be felt and understood, that is, that's just it. That's why we all do what we do. Well, don't, uh, do you have TikTok and Instagram yeah. and all that? Do yeah. you make videos? Do you know what? I don't really. I've got a couple on there. I, well, actually, my TikTok's got a few poetry. Um, me sit, that's read it. Sit and read them. Yeah. Sit and read them. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I just want to finish on because we co- covered um some some serious stuff that happened to you in your childhood. Yeah. Can we finish on maybe you just saying any any advice on where people can go, what they can do, or if they if they're experiencing it now or went through it? Yeah. So I just want them. It, 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 it only ruins you if you let it. Like you can live a live a happy life. I'm not saying my life's been all doom and gloom. It might seem like that, but I've I've had like quite a fun life as well. Yeah. But you know, you need to. They need, like I said before, they need to. If this is what they're going through now, or they've been through it, get seek advice, get the right help, go to go to professionals, and speak, write, do anything they can to yeah to express themselves and to get it out there because keeping it in here literally will yeah, destroy you. Yeah, destroy you. Thank you so much for joining us. That's all right. Yeah. I, I would I would say, do you want people to be able to reach back out to you? Yeah, that's Anyone? fine, yeah. What are you on, Instagram? I'm on Instagram and uh, TikTok and Facebook, yeah. All right. Where, what's your Instagram? Let's put that up. Uh, I'll have to write it down for you. Yeah, send it, it over. Yeah. yeah, put it in a poem. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Listen, I love you and thank you for joining Thanks, us. Dan. Thank you so much. Thank you.
All right, John, thank you, mate, for joining us. Pleasure. Thank you and, for having me. Um, yeah, guys, I mean, look, I don't know what's going on with this uh, podcast. It's just turning into whatever it's turning into. But to me, when someone reaches out and they want to share and I and I think that it can help, um, then, then yeah, then that's the way it's going to go. Um, and I'm uh, super, super proud of Howa. Howda? Howa. Howa. Howda. Howa. Okay, I'll bat with names anyway, the dyslexia, ADHD. <laughs> like, this has been, like, on, on the train on the way here. I was like, well, don't forget her name. And, <laughs> um, but thank you so much for sharing. And look, listen, please give us some feedback in the comments and um, let us know what you think of or, or what we were discussing and anything, any advice and everything. Keep the conversation going. And anyone that you know that's been affected by anything discussed in this podcast, please send them the link, send them this. And I think maybe we'll try and get some um, some helplines and, and bits and bobs in the in the caption of this or on the podcast afterwards. And um, thank you for everyone that's tuning in and listening. We've got so many listeners, tens of, tens of thousands of listeners now every week. So for those of you that are listening, thank you very much. And um, keep sharing, keep caring. Maybe that's our new slogan, keep sharing and caring, man. And uh, that was Menace to Sobriety. Thank you very much. Hello! We are going to take the Menace to Sobriety to the live stage and we need a live studio audience to interact with us, to come along, listen, laugh and learn everything about sobriety, mental health, well-being and just come along for a night out with like-minded people. We are going to be going live on the 30th of August, 27th of September, 25th of October and the 29th of November. That's one a month. Get your tickets now. Come down, meet the team and have some fun. Menace to Sobriety live, coming soon. Oh, yes. And don't forget, if you want to come and see me live and meet me, I'm going on tour. The Daniel O'Reilly Outer Character Full UK Tour kicks off in January 2024 and tickets are on sale right now. I'm going to try and get out and meet as many of you as possible. And of course, I'm going to be bringing the laughs all over the UK. There's 23 dates right now and I'm adding more all the time. Hit the link in the bio and get your tickets now and come have some fun. If you're going through a tough time at the moment, please don't suffer in silence. Feel free to pick up the phone and contact any of these helplines. I personally, myself, at one of my darkest points, contacted the Samaritans and it completely changed my outlook and got me out of a really deep, dark place. A problem shared really is a problem halved. So if you don't feel confident talking to those around you, check out any of these organizations and give them a call. This is my Facebook group, just simply search on Facebook, Men and Their Emotions. It's for men only, uh, but once you're in there, you can talk anonymously about your problems and help others and just feel a little bit of community. So come join the conversation, Men and Their Emotions, on Facebook. Thanks for watching. Menace of sobriety. Just a menace, just, just a menace.